Good to see everybody today. Our Father is so faithful to meet us when we gather together, and I can't help but to encourage you and to remind you that He's good, and He's so into you, He's going to bless you with a big hug from heaven. Amen. He don't waste any days, does He? And somehow in your makeup and my makeup, he designed us to know this is the day the Lord hath made. Now, some of us may be here today and you're hoping that's true. You don't know yet, but I can assure you today, if you'll just give the Lord an opportunity with an open heart, he has a way of proving himself to be God. Amen. And, and not only that, but proving that you're his and that he put you together to be powerful, to experience life, life more abundantly, to be fulfilled. That's our topic today, fulfillment. Amen. Everybody wants to be fulfilled. Oftentimes, we will spend a little bit more time than we should on trying to figure out how to be fulfilled, only to find out that at the end of the day, not really a lot of good fruit showed up. Amen. So if you're a Christian and a professed believer today, and you're kind of beat up over the idea that maybe you haven't produced some good fruit, quit focusing on the fruit. Amen? Quit letting the enemy beat you up over the fact that there's bad fruit involved. Amen? Maybe it's there for a good reason in the moment to let us know we need God. We need help from above. And above is not a long ways away. It's right here where we are. Amen. God has set you and I up to experience him today. And I am convinced more than ever before in my personal relationship with him that he don't waste any time. He's into the detail. I want to read a few scriptures to you that I feel like will inspire you today and uh, give you the definition that we have agreed to this week on and in our time together and hosting God's presence about fulfillment. Fulfillment, the achievement of receiving something promised. It was spoken, I agreed, and I received. Now, uh, to give you just a quick example, does anybody remember when mom and dad... And not all mom and dads do the right thing, but when mom and dad promised you something, you remember? And you took mom and dad at their word. And because mom and dad said, I'm going to do this for you, it was like, oh, yes. You, had, you don't have it yet, but mom and dad said, I'm going to do this for you. And so you experience an affirmation, you experienced an agreement, you experienced the fact that, well, mom did told me that I can, I'm, it's going to happen. And childlike faith is powerful. And eventually it may take some days, weeks, months, maybe even some years, but finally, here it is. And you received it. It wasn't about the result. It was about the experience of the promise, amen, the presence, the fact that, amen, I can hear my mom and my dad speaking is valuable to me. Now, I'm, I'm, it's going to be challenging today because of some of the things that the Lord's given me to, to cause you to be more aware than you've ever been before that there's things going on that's right in front of you. And there's miracles that God wants you to have in your life, you know, not tomorrow, because tomorrow's not here. He wants you to experience the miracles of his love, his grace, his provision. He wants to give you a wave of testimonies of how good he is. But there's some things he's asking from us. And it's called relationship. He's not asking you to prove that you're his child. Did, did, no, come on, mom and dad, help me. Did y'all ever tell your kids to prove that you they were your kids? 
I can stop right now and have an altar call. No, there's no mom and dad that ask their children, I need you to prove that you're my kid. Yet in our Christianity and our forms of godliness that often have little or no power whatsoever, we think that we've got to work for God to recognize us, that we've got to prove our identity in him, that we've got to do something in order to get God's attention. No, I, I want to encourage you today that you had his attention before you showed up here. You had his attention while you were sleeping last night. Matter of fact, you've had his attention every breath you've ever breathed. You've never been through things that were unfair that he wasn't there because he didn't want you going through unfair things, but going through an unfair thing might help you get more attentive to the fact that, you know, I can have a relationship with my designer, my father, oh, the church, my mother. Wow. And I don't have to prove anything. That in fellowship with God, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, life forevermore. Amen. And why wait? Why wait till tomorrow? Tomorrow and the evil thereof is sufficient for itself. Come on, it just... There's some interesting things going on in our world right now, and it's amazing how many of us in this room is aware of what's going on in the world. But we're really not aware of what's going on in the kingdom of God. Pastor, don't, don't hit me too hard. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. All these are love licks from heaven. Amen? It's kind of like he's kind of shaking us to get our attention and say, hey, look, do you know I'm here? I'm standing here right by you. You don't have to be in pain. You don't have to be frustrated. You don't have to be eat up with depression and anxiety and all the things that happen outside of his nature and his character. You're his child. He wants you to experience the kingdom today. And I'm so comfortable with the fact that Dwayne Lowett and talking right now, but daddy is talking to all of us. My, me and my brothers and sisters are enjoying the presence of our Father in this, this place, not this building, the gathering. You, we came together with a hope and with a heart, amen, that was towards the hills from which comes our help. Amen. And, and we have hope here right now. And the Lord is meeting us with the expectation we're willing to give back to him. Amen. With this relationship. Amen. Anybody enjoy having good relationship? A good one. I, I, none of us enjoy bad ones. And so we know what a bad relationship. Everyone can stand and give your personal testimony of what a bad relationship looks like. And you don't like it. You don't like that it's bad. You don't like there's division. You don't like the pain. You don't like the And the list goes on of things in that relationship. But a good one? You can't stop hanging out with a good one. You want to hang out with a good relationship, and our God is good. Our daddy is awesome, and he knows how to love, and he's temperate, and he's long-suffering, and he's kind, and he's gentle. Oh, he's everything that just kind of makes us go, that's fulfilling in his presence. And so Jesus is in his hometown in Nazareth and um, they give him the scroll to read out of it now keep in mind he was aware that a prophet is not accepted in his own country and he already knew their idea and their perspective of him and <laughs> he wants to tell them something about relationship and how that you can step into relationship on a Next level. I told the uh, um, staff this morning, I said that uh, relationship is the key for the right results to happen. And it's interesting that when a man and woman embrace one another and they're in love with one another, 
It's not the results they're looking for. They're focused on the relationship, the intimacy of being together. And they're embracing one another on a level that out of that embrace, out of that intimacy comes forth a child. But they, they, it wasn't the child that they were in the relationship for, even though that's a wonderful benefit. That's a wonderful thing to have. The Lord's heritage showed up because we decided that we were going to go with God's plan for a man and woman to come together. And in his presence, we were going to give the kind of worship to him that he enjoyed. He loves seeing married couples happy. The Lord loves to see a husband and a wife on a honeymoon that don't stop. And did you know that if you'll ask him for that, he's faithful and just? If you'll seek that, you'll find it. If you'll knock on the door, he's the door, he'll open it up, and he'll come in and sup with husband and wife, and he'll turn that flame on. And he's all in to us having healthy, intimate relationships. All right, Pastor, you gave us enough of that example. Let's move on. But you need to understand it's not the results that God's looking for. The results come out of the relationship. I want to pause again so you can catch this. Because if you're still trying to achieve God's approval, you're going to miss the relationship. Amen? Jesus says it this way. This will help you. I mean, thank you, Lord, I get to read a scripture today. Luke 4, verse 18 says, Jesus began to read, The Spirit of the Lord is up on me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor. I want you to just consider for a moment. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is up on me. You can hang out right there. And everything that needs to happen would begin to happen, hosting God's presence. Now, he's reading from the prophet. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. And then he added, today these scriptures came true in front of you. Today, these scriptures came true in front of you. What's Jesus actually revealing to his audience? That if we're not paying attention, we will miss it. He's showing them that the Spirit of God is about to come on you. And because of my Spirit that's about to come on you, all these things are going to be the results of this relationship that you're about to have. I've come to show you how to do it. Jesus was our example of God's plan for Adam in the very beginning. Everybody agree? Adam failed the test. And we don't, we don't need to be picking on Adam because we're picking on ourselves because that fallen nature is real, isn't it? Jesus shows up as the second man, Adam, to show us who we really are. And he's able to challenge the group that's hanging out with him toe-to-toe and let them know the signs and wonders, that you, the things you see me do, greater you're going to do. Why? I'm the first one. I'm the first fruit of the resurrection. I'm the one that's going to pave the way. I'm going to tear the veil down that's holding my presence back, and you're going to be able to freely come in and sit down in my lap, amen, as my child, and host my presence. Everything is going to be accessible to you, not 
amen, only a few times out of your life on a specific day in your life. But when you choose to have fellowship with me, I'm going to meet you there. And out of that relationship of you hosting my presence is going to come wonderful results. Now hear me, that's his glory filling the earth. And all these results that happen out of my relationship with daddy is all about his treasure. His treasure is people. Did y'all hear that? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says, he, he says it this way, uh, uh, anointing me to be hope for the poor. Uh -oh, does that include people? Healing for the brokenhearted. Does that include people? New eyes for the blind. People. To preach to prisoners. People. You're set free. The Spirit of the Lord is available for whosoever will. So that out of that intimate relationship, we're able to go from house to house, breaking bread and in fellowship. And amen. And we have all things in common. Amen. We're all encouraging one another and with the family of God and with members in particular that make up the body of Christ. And as these members, we are in the blood flow of Jesus himself. Amen. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Fulfillment doesn't come to me when I write a check out for someone that needs the check. No, the check gets written out of a relationship this way. Because I'm the hands, the feet, come on, that's who we are. We're the body of Christ, aren't we? And out of fellowship with God, a check gets written and we say, at the end of writing that check, look what the Lord has done. We don't, Dwayne Lowe don't need his name up in the lights because he wrote a check. Jesus is worthy alone of all the glory and the honor and the praise. In our religious world, the temptation doesn't stop, ladies and gentlemen, to try to convince people that we're good. Jeff, is there anybody good? Not according to the word, not according to God speaking. No one is good but. Amen. But the temptation doesn't stop because I want to be so associated with good. And the Lord says, let me, let me give you a, a, an example of being associated with good. Let my spirit come. You want to be associated with good? Host God's presence. Because the only way I can be associated with good is not from the measuring, amen, and the way we try to put, you know, good and evil and right and wrong together. But to be associated with good is to be with God. Ah. Oh. And I'm, when I'm with God, Serene, I'm walking with him. Amen. I'm just walking with him. He's talking to me. And, and he's saying, I, I need you to be available today, son. Yeah, what you want to do? Well, would you be available for me to walk on water? Okay. Never done that before. Would you be available, son, for me to spit in some dirt and make some mud pies and got some people want to put it in their eyes? Okay. But when you're in his presence, nobody's going to be offended. When you're, Pastor, what are you preaching to us today? Are you trying to get us to go out there and do stupid? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to stop doing stupid. You don't want to miss the miracle. What's the miracle? A healthy relationship with him to where when you hear him speak, you're just like Jesus, the example. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. I'm about my father's business, amen? And it's about bringing hope to them that have no hope, amen? It's about bringing sight to them that cannot see. It's about being available, amen, for God to come to his house, to be king of his kingdom within us. And from his kingdom in us, he can fill the earth. Amen, fulfillment, you see? The temptation to be fulfilled in all kind of ways don't stop in our world. 
And, and, and let me encourage you. The world is going to project a, a level of fulfillment, and you're going to find out on and on. It'll, it'll keep happening. Most of you can stand up and say, man, I already know that. <laughs> the way the world projects fulfillment at best is only a mirage that brings an empty void. And at the end of the day, there's no real evidence of your true identity. Amen. And the Lord wants you to know he's ready to give you fulfillment on another level. Amen. So the thing I'm most aware of is the thing that fuels my ability to the master I serve. And I'll either experience fulfillment or I'll experience a void. Every one of us is serving a master today. And I know as an American, we don't like to think like that. But from heaven's lens, you're not American. You're a believer that happens to be an American. And as a believer, amen, we're either fulfilled or we're trying to live up to an idea that does not verify my identity as a believer and the void is there to prove it. The emptiness is there. And so what are most people missing that if they were aware of it and they were engaged in it, it would make all the difference for being fulfilled. Jesus addresses the bigger crowd now. And in John 6, 57, he's addressing everyone that he's already fed the fishes and loaves. And they're thinking, man, this ain't nobody ever done this before. He's already healed the blind and raised the dead. The lame is walking. I mean, this group now, they've experienced the good nature of Jesus Christ and his love on another level. But he decides to now talk to them straight. Let me say it like this. He had already talked to them real straight. But now, if you want to go where I'm going, I need you to catch this truth because I'm setting you up for a relationship that's going to blow your mind. And they're thinking, man, hey, man, this, you, how, does he, how does it get any better than this? Now, um, let, me, let me say it this way. How many has been healed by the Lord before? I remember being healed by God when I was a young lad. And wow, thank you, Jesus, you healed me. And I thought it couldn't get any better than that until I was filled with his spirit. And when I was filled with his spirit, wow, wow. Because when I was healed, I still had issues with people and, you know, and I still got kind of out of character, his character that is. And I was engaged in extracurricular that I shouldn't be engaged in. But yet, I had experienced Jesus from the healing level and experience. And that was cool because I know he's real. He healed me. Anybody been there? But there's a lot of people that have been just like the multitude he's about to talk to. They've been fed when they shouldn't have been fed. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just... We don't deserve anything. Anybody deserve God? How, do, can you, how can you deserve? No, he loves us. And in our unworthiness, he adopts us and brings us in as his kids anyway. He just does it. That's awesome. But to deserve him? And so when we, when we get our arms around that reality, that I don't deserve, but yet he's going to come and heal me and deliver me and set me free so that I can know that he's real. And then if I'll let him, because I've experienced his realness, I open my heart and here he comes. Now relationship is establishing. Jesus says it this way in this passage. He says in John 6, 57, the father of life sent me and he is my life. In the same way, the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. I am not the bread your ancestors ate and later died. 
I am the living bread that came from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. Jesus preached this sermon in the synagogues in Capernaum. And when many of Jesus' followers heard this, no, they were followers of Jesus. When they heard this, it caused a stir. His followers said, the ones he healed, the one he fed, the one, amen, that he was loving on said, this is disgusting. They said, how could anybody accept this? Without anybody telling him, Jesus knew they were outraged, and then he told them, are you offended over my teaching? What will you do when you see the Son of Man ascending into the realm from which he came? And that was about to happen not, not long. Jesus is going to come out of the grave. He's going to spend some time with those that are following, and then he's going to send in a cloud. He's asking them, what are you going to do when you see that happen? And then Jesus says something very powerful. This is very important that we catch this. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. I want to pause for a minute so you can catch this. God is standing there with this group in flesh. God in flesh. And he's letting them know. If I stay like this, I can't get my plan done. If I stay with you here in this body, I'm not going to be able to fulfill my will. That which is in the flesh is of no use. Got to catch this. So what are you going to do to the group? The words I speak, he said, they're spirit and life. Well, there's a clue. God is speaking out of that body, spirit and life. He says, when you see me go in the clouds, what are you going to do? You going to quit? You going to run? You going to hide? What are you going to do? And he says, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives life. And he tells that same group when he goes to the cross, comes out of the grave, he says to them, because they want to go tell everybody about him. Anybody want to tell everybody about Jesus? That's natural, isn't it? Because if, you, if you've experienced his healing, you're going to go tell everybody, well, I've been healed, you can be healed, right? If you experienced him helping you out of financial room, boy, I, God help me, he can help you. And the Lord's saying, that's not the purpose. The purpose is the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The purpose is it's the Holy Spirit that gives life. The purpose is can you allow me now to finish what I started in body, in flesh. That flesh that left in the clouds is gone. Can you let me come back now, the Spirit of Christ, and Christ be in you now? Can you let me come back to my house? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gives life. It's coming to a place right now, ladies and gentlemen, in our world, that we're beginning to recognize that we can't fix this world. Your political slant whatever it looks like ain't fixing the world it don't matter which one and everybody might might think mine is right and theirs is wrong I... the lord purposed to come back in his temple in his church and to fill the earth with his glory his glory is the fruit of fulfillment which is relationship the Lord don't quit. He finishes what he starts. The gods of this world are already defeated. They're only hanging on by way of deception and lies and all kinds of stuff going on in our world. This world is dark. I can't fix it without God. But in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit... 
having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, having fellowship with the Spirit, amen, out of that fellowship in the Spirit, when I speak in the Spirit, those words are Spirit and they are life. Is God still creating? How is he still creating? God has a plan. God has a purpose in this world that's all messed up right now. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken until nothing that can be shaken remains. Where am I at in the mix? Am I worried about the trouble that's on every side? Am I worried about the politics? Am I worried about, God, I can't believe you're letting all this happen. Where am I? Because in the spirit, I'm relaxed. I'm resting. My confidence is elevated. I know something I can't explain, but I know it. You can't make me waver. I'm standing, and it's amazing that I'm still standing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Man, the hope that our world has depends on you and I allowing the Spirit of the Lord to be upon us. If they're going to have any joy or any relationship, you and I have been asked from heaven. Amen. The Spirit of God came back the Spirit of Christ came back and take, took up his abode in man and women. <sighs> Amen. I remember one of the most challenging times in my life was when I got news that my wife and I wasn't as spiritual as another couple in the church. I don't know if I ever told her this. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just hearsay or gossip or if it was the devil trying to have fun with me. But it come from an elder in the church that we went from, we're from. And I know my wife and I were definitely involved in ministry. Wouldn't you say that, honey? We worked hard. We thought we were good because we worked hard. And we was involved in every aspect of ministry. And the Lord took that event that I didn't realize was him at the moment. I was kind of bothered by the fact that my wife and I was less spiritual from someone's lens than another couple. I hope this helps you today. But it shook me to realize, what am I really going after? Am I trying to please people or God? And it was a spiritual awakening for me because it was that event that so... Anybody ever been to that affair? It's like, why in the world are they talking about me? Why'd they say that? <laughs> what have I done to them? <clears throat> and so that's where I went to the Lord. I said, I, uh, Lord, unless you help me, I don't, I don't know what you're looking for for right now, but am, am I missing something? And all I knew was asking questions. What am I missing? Because we're in ministry, we're involved, we're helping people, we're doing everything we know to do. And, and, and the Lord prompted me and said, son, I'm not looking for that from you. I'm not asking you to work hard. You remember what happened to you at 12 years old when me and you come together? You remember that? That's what I'm looking for. Remember when your brother was impacted by the fact that you and I come together. And he went to your mother and he said, I don't know what happened to my brother, but whatever happened to him, I want that to happen to me. And God's reminding me. And that sparked something in my spirit and caused, it stirred me to say, well, Lord, I want to be a soul winner. 
you're going to have to help me. He said, oh, I can do that. I just need you to be available. And it took me a little while to understand availability. What, what does ava being available look like? How do you do that? And all he was asking from me is a relationship. And he, he asked me, I, me and her was a business owner at that time. He, he said, now, when you go to work, you're not going to work to put food on the table and to build up your bank account. You're going to work for me. When you go to work, you're going to go and encourage the people I put in your path. Well, my wife will tell you, she knows me. That was definitely going to be God. But when the Spirit of the Lord is up on you, it's amazing how he'll give you words to speak when you don't have any to speak. Thank you, Shereen, for saying that during celebration. Take no thought what you're going to wear. Take no thought what you're going to eat. Take no thought what you're going to say when I bring you before kings. Take no thought, but rather seek ye first the kingdom of God What's the kingdom of God? The presence of God. When did the kingdom come? 2,000 years ago, the kingdom of God came. It came in a bodily form, but it couldn't stay in that bodily form. It, that, that, that was holding him back. He had to go back into the cloud and come back in spirit, amen, so that he can come into his body, amen, it was going to take over the earth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, somebody say it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Say it till you believe it. Say it until you finally become available. Say it until you feel His presence. Come on, you don't know what to do with it. Say it until you come into an agreement with His will. And it took probably just hearsay, probably just gossip. I didn't go pursue the elder and say, I wonder where you saying that for. Would anybody ever do that? I've seen it happen a few times. And everybody's flawed. What if he did say it? Uh, I need you to repent to me. Is that what I'm looking for? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for every opportunity in life that looked like a liability in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing that that wasn't a liability, but that was a miracle in the making. And it took a stirring. It took a troubling time. It took a time where I felt like, ah, oh, that hurt for me to wake up. And ladies and gentlemen, just going out and encouraging people. Just going out and embracing every God everyone that God put in my path, amazingly, when I would meet with them and encourage them, it's amazing how the presence of God just fulfilled me because <sighs> I was hosting his presence. And we were going from house to house, and uh, miracles were happening. Do we tie in Jesus, the Jesus mission, or as the Church was the Great Commission. Do we tie that in to being fulfilled? Well, yeah. Are we the bride of Christ? Hear me. And when I'm hosting his presence, is that his presence coming to me to be intimate with me and you? So that he can put his seed in us? And children can be born? Could it be that kind of relationship that he's looking for from all of us? He's a good husband. He tells me as a natural man, husband, to love my wife like I love my own body. And when I listen to what the Spirit's saying about that, he is in love with his body. Jesus loves his body because his body is the body of Christ. 
the bride of Christ. And he is intimate with his bride. He's not making his bride do a lot of things we think he might be making her do. And I'm going to just tell you something. If you want wealth, if you want riches, I'm talking about heavenly riches. I'm not talking about earthly riches. God will give that to you. Give him a reason to trust you with it, okay? Is that, is that okay? Give him a reason to trust you. Be faithful over little. I don't have to preach that. Do you want heavenly riches? Well, then to have heavenly riches, he's your husband. He's your daddy. He's your everything. And out of relationship with him, Moses chose the certainty of faith. He was saying, yes, Lord. Every time he spoke, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In his agreement with the Spirit, he was able to enjoy ah, heavenly treasure. I uh, am provoked today to close this thought out in the next few moments with a man named David, a man after God's own heart, as the Bible would talk about it. Everybody wants to be a man and woman after God's heart? Okay, well, that's, that's great. That's good because realize David wasn't perfect. He done some stupid stuff. Anybody ever messed up? But there's one thing David knew how to do. If we'll do it, we win. He knew how to get in the presence of God. After he'd done some pretty ugly stuff, murder, adultery, lying. I mean, it just went, he went wacko there for a season. But you know when he went wacko? A man after God's own heart. And God loved him. David's dead, and God is doing things for the nation of Israel for the sure mercies of David. Wow. And he didn't even have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was upon him. You and I have been given what David couldn't have, the Spirit within, because of the cross. But David... At a time when kings go out to battle. And I'm not talking about like Marvel characters. I'm not talking about Spider-Man and the Hulk and Thor and the list goes on. At a time when kings, your kings and priests, that's who God says you are because of him, his blood. He has made us kings and priests. At a time when kings go out to battle. David chose rather to stay in Jerusalem. He's a king. He's supposed to be out on the battlefield. What's that mean? He's in fellowship. He's hosting God's presence. We don't fight like the world fights. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But rather, we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of darkness. And Hollywood has went overboard to, I mean, it's right in our face. It's really, they're revealing the unseen realm. But they're also trying to convince you, not they, but the spirits behind are trying to convince you to fight it like Spider-Man and Batman and Robin, Thor. I mean, I, I, I grew up, I was reading those comic books. That's not how we fight. We cast down every thought that exalts itself above God. Bring into captivity oh, everything that resists God's will so that he can be Lord and king of his house. Some of y'all are sitting there right now and y'all can, if you had not been filled with the Spirit, you can be filled right where you're sitting. 
And when I'm after him on the level I'm after him, it really don't matter what anybody else thinks. It really don't matter. When you're hurting enough, when you're empty enough, when you haven't been fulfilled enough, it really don't matter what, all that matters is what he thinks. And when you're being filled, by the way, it inspires the next person that don't get it to want what you, come on. That's what happened to my, my brother. I don't know what happened to my brother. But whatever happened to him, I got to have it. What was he seeing? There's something that my brother did to me that would have made me mad prior. But he did that thing that was not cool. And he told my mom, he said, he didn't get mad. He didn't react. He done the opposite of what I would have thought he had done. How did he do that? The Spirit of the Lord, when it's on you, when he's in you, you don't want to break fellowship with him. To fall prey to the Adamic nature, the fallen nature. You want to stay in the Spirit. Now, I'm not super spiritual. Well, God says we all are, but <clears throat> my experience with God lasts about two weeks, and then I got carnal. Why? Because we're leaky vessels. The Holy Spirit is like water, wine, and oil. We're the wine skin. We're the vessel. And it's not a one-time experience, ladies and gentlemen. In 1974, I was filled with the Spirit. No. It's an everyday. Yes, Lord. Come to your house. Get intimate with Him and let Him take over. It's being filled every day. Have I done that every day of my life? No. But I can tell you what, the older I get, the more convinced I am, don't miss any days. You get up this morning, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let him come to his house. Because at the end of the day, if he come to his house, mm, the results will show up. But we all say together, look what the Lord has done. Does anybody want the Lord to come to his house? On a new level? Could we stand? I'm going to pray with you right now. And if you want to just follow with me in prayer, I've come to realize that it is very important that we get honest with God. And to the guests that have come today, thank you. You're not expected to hang out. We want to say thank you. This service is a gift to you. Thank you for letting us host you today. But for the next little bit, if you want to hang around guests, you can. We get honest with Jesus and we tell the truth. We take off our false facade, our Christian mask, and we bring it down where your, your altar can be where you're standing. We make sure we get that false facade and that Christian mask off and we lay it down and say, okay, there, here I am. I've been hurting. I've been frustrated. I have not been like I know you are, Daddy. And I'm tired. And there's a void here that I don't know what to do with. Somebody, somebody agreeing in the Spirit right now? And I just don't want to waste no more time play in church, doing ministry. I'm ready for you to come and be the God of glory you are and minister through me, Father. Just want to walk with you like you did, Adam, in the cool of the day. Just want to hang out with you, Daddy, and watch you reveal your glory and all the wonderful results that comes out of you having access to your house. Anybody want to give Jesus access to the house? And so like right now, I'm accepting you, Lord, as my source. 
kind of, I can't make it another day without you. And, and if they needed you 2,000 years ago in the world that was then to come like fire and like wind, it's not about the fire and the wind, but it's about the sound. That sound will cause things to quake. It will cause you to catch on fire. That sound will fill you up with water, living water. It's about the sound. Is anybody hearing him speak right now? Get honest with him. I'm ready to be the church. I stopped going. I want to be. Right now, I give my life to you, Father. I hold nothing back. And whatever it is you're saying right now, Lord, I am totally open. Come to your house. Take over. Be the king of your kingdom within me, Lord. Change me. Purge me. Cleanse me. Save me. I'm ready for a real relationship, Father. He's as big as you'll let him be right now. Fulfillment is ready to fall in this room on all of his kids, all of his blood-bought children, all of his adopted treasure. In Jesus' name, we lift our hands like children to daddy and say, Daddy, here, pick me up. Pick me up. Here I am. Take me. Come on, he's as big as you'll let him be. It's a new day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a new day. You're not going to be the same. In Jesus' name.